0: Good morning, Mike. Happy Monday. How you doing?
1: Hey, 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 Steve. Good, good. I'm very well rested. A three day weekend, a holiday weekend. A little different than the usual Easter weekend celebrations, but still a good one. How about you? How you doing?
0: No, no, very much the same, man. The three day weekend. You know, I think a lot of people were concerned. Um, were concerned about um, concerned about you know, having that time together three days away from work and not being able to function, but actually it was really easy. It was really good.
1: <laughs> yeah. For me, I, I definitely relaxed a lot more than I usually do on the weekends. I think there was some good news, uh, you know, again, oh, for sure. not to, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but there are some trends out there, some change in tone. I mean, did you see it? You did your normal Cursory review of the news and also Europe, right? You have some updates from Europe that I have not. Had yeah, yeah, no, I do. I do.
0: It. And uh, absolutely, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But I just want to sort of, you know, ask the people who are listening, you know, who are watching, whether you're watching live, whether you're watching as a recording, you know, do do subscribe to the channel. It helps the channel, helps us grow, helps us share the message, you know, like share. Um, ask questions of us right you know if you're in the live comments ask a question or if you're watching it read back you know uh it later in the day do ask questions leave comments and and sort of help us sort of structure this because you know this isn't a podcast this isn't two guys sort of preaching so to speak this is a talk show right this is you and i sharing what we're seeing, what we're hearing in the marketplace and just just really just just kicking our days off with
1: not the two of us just talking like a couple of friends workplace friends
0: just a couple a of dudes, dudes, just you know, nothing else to do in the morning. So we thought, hey, let's get on here and have a little chit chat, you know.
1: But I like uh, it. but yeah. So I like please it. do. Uh, but no, I would love to have do, more more folks of part of the conversation. Hashtag O S W Daily.
0: There you go. There you go. Um, and if you and if you don't want to leave comments here, feel free to send us an email, oswdaily at gmail.com. and you can send your questions to us or comments to us in private. Um, I, what I find, Mike, is uh, we're a very introverted community, even though we're a very outgoing profession you know uh that's true introverted, that is
1: true you know? and i know there are people watching because i hear again outside the, no, the public channels so it's pretty cool that to know that that it that
0: is. is it is it is we are reaching but, people uh,
1: and have that conversation
0: but yeah going back to the initial question you had you know the, the amount of positive things yeah it's it's you know the amount of death is it's horrible it's just mm. it's there's no words to describe, but the positive news coming out are that there's less and less people testing positive. There's less and less people, you know, going into hospitals that are getting into ICU units, which is, which is all positive. Um, and, you know, what, I, I was astounded this morning to learn that in Spain, construction workers are going back to work today. I did not
1: um, hear that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they're considered non-essential, but yet they've been uh, allowed to go back to work, permitted to go back to work. Now I don't know if this is the entire organization, the, the entire country. I don't know if this is for every type of market. I don't know it, how this works, but in essence, it's it's just positive news, right? That uh, yeah. things are starting to, the wheels are starting to turn. Um, and did you notice which, that
1: shift in the tone over the weekend? That talk oh, seems yeah. to be about this getting back to some new normality. I'll use that term because normalcy I've I've read is is an Americanism that is not really based on any kind of uh, proper (laughs) English, but it's very commonly used. I use it all the time. But whatever normalcy or normality is going forward is something I'm interested in talking about. And I've been trying to talk about it in a delicate way in in recent weeks, because I'm, I'm always looking for that vision, right? What we do do when we get back to work and how it How, as workplace leaders, we help manage those situations in our organization, give people the mindset and the comfort to return to public spaces. And we still have no idea what the future looks like, really, in many ways, but we are starting to have that conversation and and we're starting to see it in other parts of the world that have had to go through this journey already. So we're going to learn a lot. And I want to hear your thoughts on this because you said your mindset had shifted, and up until now, you were. The, you were the person in this two-way dialogue that was was very conservative about the fact that it's going to be a long, long time before you're comfortable getting out into the public, going back to the built environment, back into your workplace uh, due to the health risks and so forth. But has that shifted? Has some of the conversation stimulated thought? Or, or what are you looking for that's going to help you get more potentially optimistic about, about going back into the workplace?
0: Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's something every individual has to ask themselves, right? And I think organizations will allow individuals to make those decisions. And there are going to be those that are cooped up in small apartments who just are cry, craving, craving to go back to mm-hmm. the workplace. But for me, you know, I still stand firm on, on sort of my position, you know, given health, um, I have to feel that I either have the antibodies or I'm tested or, or, or in some way I feel safe that uh, I won't put myself in harm's way or that I won't put other people in harm's way because of me being out know, in the social environment. And, and that's sort of, that's sort of where my head is, you know, but as you sort of think through, you take that, your question, right. And you kind of evolve it a little bit, right. So what would it take for us to go back to the office? I don't know if you saw, um, I think it was Thursday or Friday, uh, Cushman and Wakefield released the six foot office website. Okay. So if you wanted to go I to did. www.6 feet office.com. Um, and, it, and it's really, it's really interesting. You know, there's my initial response is Here's a, a brokerage firm telling us all, we need more space. You need to go and lease more space. And, you know, I, but I don't think that's the spirit where it came from. I think they see a problem. I think they're trying to provide a solution. And, and that's what I kind of think it is. And, and I sort of thought about that. I've been pondering what would the six feet office look like? I don't know about you, Mike, but if you, I sort of vision, the way I sort of think through the way my mind process works is, what's it like for me to walk into an office, right? So I walk off an elevator, what are my habits, right? I go in, I go to the bathroom, wash my hands. I yep. go through the doors into the office. I pass people, I say good morning to the team. I get to my desk, I maybe go make a cup of coffee. Um, you know, you go to the fridge, you, you hit the button, you, you get some water. How do you get the water out of the machine? How do you get back to your desk? Uh, you know, maybe you've got a meeting planned that morning, so you gotta print off materials you got to go to that meeting room how do you walk into that meeting room how do you interact with those meeting rooms how do so you exit things. the meeting room and you know then where do you go for lunch how do you do those things you know so my mind goes through how do you do all these things how do you ensure you know people are feel safe and are secure are are secure and feel secure in that environment you know and if you think about it from the employee's perspective or as a workplace leader what we need to do for our employees to sort of give them that level of comfort and you know what Cushman what Wakefield have done is provided some some things that actually are are quite interesting in the concepts right so you know you go in and you've got directional flow of traffic so maybe everyone walks in the same direction around the office floor right, um, right. you know the little pads and they did a video I don't know if you saw the video Mike it's did, uh, it's yeah. it's it's pretty cool how the, sort of it looks and we can sort of get to the the barriers of what that looks like. We're trying to focus here on obviously at this moment in time on the uh what it looks like in the office.
1: Well, I like how and people I, are thinking about it and then coming oh, up with sure. strategies because mm-hmm. and if we take a step back, I mean back to the bigger picture, the big conversation shift here on April thirteenth. Where are we? Monday, April 13th, the weekend. We had a lot of almost return to debate about things that we weren't even thinking about a few weeks ago. You know, we were totally, you know, putting health and our well-being and I properly so that that people came before profit and we we all agreed that that really shutting the economy down was the only way to prevent this pandemic from from really spreading so rapidly and and overwhelming our healthcare system. So we all agreed to that. Well now and it took a while though to get there. I I kind of think back to the beginning of this and now that you're starting to see this kind of two two uh, streams of thought I see on the news now. People wanting to go back and and Relitigate the decision-making. It's like, let's point fingers and say who did what, who knew what, when. And, and I, I don't find that particularly useful and helpful. I think there was enough, you know, kind of unknown and, and just different decisions that were being made. And, and I, I agreed at the beginning of my new live stream and, and my, my discussions about this, that I wouldn't get political that, hey, imperfect information leads to imperfect decision-making. And we were certainly lacking data. We still are lacking data. But now I think shifting as more data comes in about, the situation we're in and what we, we are dealing with here going forward in the coming months, we can start making some decisions, at least start thinking about them. So that's why I liked about this shift is that people were starting to make these these thoughts or, or kind of plan out some strategies. The Cushman-Wakefield videos, one thing, a lot of articles. There are a lot of articles about what does reopening the economy look like and then getting down to what does reopening the office look like. But that, but that big picture, I think, is the, the key takeaway for me, and I want to hear from you. Mm. It, it's that idea that it's, it's different for 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 every situation from from governmental you know you've got your here in the us we'll speak specifically the federal government has certain power and authority but states have a lot of authority in our in our uh uh, in our form of government we have states rights we have the governors make a lot of decisions that the federal government can't make so it's a two-way street when there's a lot of people wanting you know direction from the government or, or resources from the from the government and then they have to make decisions at the local level as well it's the same way in corporate america there's there's big business small business and then of course lo- locations across uh, the country in different areas require different responsibilities and get all the way down to the individual you and i and and our our colleagues have different comfort levels and different health situations and different vulnerabilities and different mindsets about how we do this so i i love the fact that there's there's at least a theme I'm seeing that there's not going to be one size fits all. There's no flipping the switch on May 1st or June 1st or whenever and turning things back on though the way they were, it's going to be something new something different. And it's going to be a gradual situation that, that requires uh, from all from the top down all the way uh, through the government and through the organization uh, decision-making to help put uh, the people first and then the economy, is certainly a, a priority as well, but but I think we need to continue to put people first, let people make decisions, be flexible and decide what's best for them and wherever that's possible. You, you know, I'm getting with this kind of like this take yeah. that that broad mindset and put it into our organizations and then use technology and use the, the resources we have, the available, you know, innovation that we have and will have, because we don't even know about some of the things we'll have in the coming months and, and make us all come together. So I again hopeful, optimistic guy sees that that at least is the beginning visionary type perspective that can get us through this to the other side and bring us back to a, a, a good place.
0: Yeah, and I think there's more and more narrative around innovation, right? You know, what are we going to do to innovate? You know, th- this weekend, as you know, Google, Apple are, are, are coming together to be able to yeah. allow us to track each other, right? So to track when I say track each other, I mean, allow us all to feel safe and secure yeah. that whether we've been exposed or not exposed to a virus um yes there are a you lot of people, people who have privacy issues um yeah. you know it's it's it, it's a tough one where yeah it, it's a tough one and, and, and i mean and i mean that in a sense of there is a social responsibility each of us have to the other person right And from that perspective, yes. Then there's the privacy element, right? And how do we feel about privacy? Now, both organizations have come out and publicly said that this is not about tracking you all your movements using Bluetooth technology, which is whenever two people pass each other, there's a ding and there's a traction. A tracking mechanism attached to that. Um, So I think from an individual, from a social responsibility, then I think I almost have to opt in but then I think organizations are almost required to reassure the public that we're not tracking you. This isn't a social um, tracking mechanism so that, you know, we can sell you better advertising and things like that. You know, people need to feel that that level of um, comfort. What, what, what's your perspective? How do you feel about it?
1: I was immediately like I thought it was a great idea and I thought, yeah, yeah. I would join. And want to have that information, whether, you know, for, for to help others, like you say, or to just to know myself, I think I'm one who wants to know, give me as much data as possible. I, I want to make wise decisions and I want to be able to put things in perspective. And, and that's, what's hard too. And, and I want to get back to the, the workplace and the six foot office, what that might look like, yep. because that's an interesting conversation because part of me um, gets upset, imagining some of that. There's a loss. There's that going way back to the very first episode we had, or, or two, three weeks ago when we first started talking. This idea of grieving the the loss of norm, mm. the, the old normal, whatever that was for you. And it, it covered so many things. So I, I want to get to a place where I can see how it looks and then live it out. So here's, here's an example, just, and I know you don't leave your home anymore, right? You're being very cautious. You don't even have food delivered. Is that still the case? So you're not, you're, you're not. Still the yourself. Case. Still the case. I went over, out over the weekend for the first time out, uh, besides the grocery store, I usually, you know, have, and this is the first time I've been out since the wearing a face mask became the new guidance. So I would, I put a, you know, a buff on a bandana and, I uh, went to home Depot and, uh, and I walked in and Home Depot had, a, had a, a I want to say, social distancing, a physical distancing protocols in place where everybody was lined up out front six feet apart and they were letting people in, in a staggered way to go into the store, get what you need and, and then check out. And, and I'd say it was early, it was, right, it was a day or two after the, the guidance came out about everybody should wear a face mask, not to help themselves be protected necessarily, but to help others. You know, you want to, If everybody does it, we're all helping each other. So I saw maybe two thirds of the people that were are abiding by this and, and wearing their masks so i think once we get to a point where everybody and that's what's gonna look like and it's a little upsetting and it's a little weird to see everybody wearing masks and kind of being distant but i i had an exchange with the checkout clerk and she's like have a good day and i'm like have a good day with my muffled you know mask but i was able to still talk to her and yes. stay you know safe distance and then go on with my day so once you experience those things for the first time and the second time, and, and then we get used to that new normal. So the protocols that will be in place in the office about you know, walking you know, clockwise around a conference room or, or you know, keeping your distance as you walk through an office and, and things like that, they, they, they will happen and, they, and we'll figure it out. And I think people will feel more comfortable once we get into those normal things, but it's so hard to imagine, right? What it looks like in, in real time, because you mentioned in the beginning of this conversation, so many things. Mm-hmm. That we do routinely that we don't even think about touching the elevator button or, or even calling for the elevator um and, and that's where technology could help I, I, I know that we've we've talked about this before voice activation of certain things you know less touch um so those types of things are very interesting to me i think that's where we're going to spend the, the next few weeks really talking about it and the good news is and i, and I don't want to go talk too many tangents here but but there's people there are there are companies right now i learned through recent conversations with my friends from the IFMA chapter here locally in D.C. We're doing these happy hours, like I mentioned to you. Mm-hmm. I did another, you know, FM roundtable with them. And, and the fact is that they're in, especially in our area, I'm sure it's all over, but there are some essential workers that are going into offices because of government contracts, high security clearance. They can't do the work from home thing. So they are actually using some of these protocols now and living it out, you know, staggered shifts and, and new, new, new disinfecting protocols um, and they're, they're doing it. So we could learn from them what's working, what's not. So there's, there's a lot of optimism here. And, and I think it's just a matter of that mind shift to say, it's gonna look different. It's not gonna be the same as it was but we can get back to some normality. Yeah, I know,
0: and and, and and that's exactly where my where my head was. You know, I laid out that sort of scenario to picture what you know what what it looks like when Mike walks into the Houston office of my office, right? How does he mm. go through the system? And I do it through how I go through uh, the the office. How do employees go through the offices? And then what do I need to do as a workplace practitioner for the organization? What do I need to look at that actually maybe we need to come up with a new workplace etiquette? You know, maybe there's different rules or how we, you know, keep people distances, how we just, and I'm running through my floor plans. Okay. How do I, how do I help employees get comfortable? And then yes, all the things you talked about, right? So how do we, you know, the bathrooms, do we design bathrooms that there is no doors to walk into the bathroom, right? What, what does that look like? How do we, do we need to eliminate doors within the office so there is no separation? Actually, it is one neighborhood and actually maybe the open office is a better better environment because there's less touch points, you know, so I'm thinking through how do I, how do as a a leader actually put this in place, how do I provide that information to the executive team to actually say here's the sort of ways and designs and technology plays a huge factor. But I think the other fact that we need to consider is, you know, it's the workplace culture, right? What is, how are we designing work styles? How do we design how all employees work? And how are we thinking about that? Because there's going to be a change in the actual physical environment, but there's also going to be a change in workplace. So perhaps people aren't being placed or sitting in offices as much, but maybe there are certain functions and tasks that can only be done in the office right and I'm also thinking you travel a lot to different businesses um, and this is one of the things that Cushman Wakefield identified and I sort of first thought of it and I thought I don't understand why we would do this And this is certification right certification that you actually do adopt these six foot office principles because if 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 Mike you're going to see a a, a customer you're going to see somebody who you know how do you how do you know that that business or that office meets those requirements Mm -hmm. right how do you get to that how do we allow customers come into an office to actually allow them to feel comfortable and actually show them that actually we do meet these standards you will be safe you will feel safe and and that's where i'm sort of thinking those things through and then you sort of take it back from a landlord perspective right how does the landlord ensure that for all the tenants coming into the space that they ensure the protocols in the you know the off the lobby of the building Everything everyone's happy with, you know, will we be more open to biometric or facial recognition, right? So we come to uh, the, um, the, the, the gate or the, or the turnstile, whatever it's used in different offices that actually we're prepared to sign up for this now because we don't have to touch a button, right? Audio, like you said, you know, but cleaning protocols, right? How does, how does a landlord show that uh, certain protocols are being met? Deep cleaning, you know, hot desking is hot desking gone it's i don't think it is but again it's like these are all the questions to sort of go through and that's why you know i i I sort of went through this emotional roller coaster as we've we've been talking about is as i read the article and it's just it's so thought-provoking uh i I think it's i think it's i think it's really interesting um it absolutely is yeah. yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say, but I want to get to the personal side of this and and how you're processing it individually, because I think there's a lot of great articles we can point people to, and we'll keep talking about some of the specifics as things rise up and and we start actually seeing them implemented. It'll be interesting to say how are things going, but but you bring up some interesting thoughts that I think it are unique in our country compared to others. I think we've discussed this a little bit, but the idea of privacy in, in and also the Ability are giving up certain rights in private, you know, face recognition things like that—they they trigger these mm-hmm. thoughts, especially in America, because we have such a, a strong kind of history of distrust of of authority in a lot of ways. So, so we are hesitant to give central authority information about us and take away our liberties, right? But when times of crisis come up like this, we are more open to these types of things. It happened after 9-11. it happened here. So I, I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts being that you were born and raised in the UK and is it different? Is it a different mindset? Are you really comfortable, you know, sharing a lot of that location information, personal information, maybe more so than someone who was raised in the heartland of America and has a kind of a suspicion of the government. And do you see any signs in today's environment when you start seeing some of these decisions being made and some of the discussions happening? Have you tuned into any of that? Or does that some of that sound strange to you as far as people saying, I don't even want to be told not to stay at home. You know, and we had a little conversation about this, but there's some people that, you know, are suspicious of even like stay at home orders um, and things like that. How do you, how do you think we navigate those waters in this kind of unique American culture, or, or do you have thoughts on that? I'm curious.
0: No, it's and it's a great question, and and, and you're framing the question, and my mind's going, well, this is how, how long have we got, right? Because there's yeah, so many tangents to go off in but... this, you know. Um, but what, what I will say, and, and and who knows, right? Who knows how this will impact. But if, if we look at history, right? History is a good predictor of the future. And if we look at the protocols that are currently in place, let's take in Europe, right? GDPR actually mandates that information isn't tracked, isn't kept, isn't stored, fingerprinting or, or things like that whenever certain security people are onboarded. There are different rules and regulations through different European countries. Yeah. Um, so I actually think Europe may be somewhat more resistant um, to it than the US. I, I don't know. I mean, all I know is whenever I want to have a look at, you know, who's coming into the office, it's a lot easier to get access to that information in the U S than it is in Europe. Interesting. It is so, yeah. so hard. Okay. Um, and, uh, but who knows if that will change the mindset's not who knows. Um, yeah. but it certainly something I I'm really interested to see how that does transpire. Um, you know, there are certain countries within Europe that actually their, um, regulations are, are the work, work teams. Um, when I say work teams, they're, um, unions that yes, are yes. are uh, really, really, really strong um, have huge influence. So it'll be interesting to see. And, and it, again, I think a lot of it's going to be the communication, the narrative around how things are introduced. And I think if things are introduced for the benefit of the individual, then I think people can make a different decision. So I think that's where, and we go back to the, the the iOS and Apple and Google thing, right? It's all about the narrative. It's all about, you know, how do you make social responsibility? How do you embrace social responsibility for yourself? But then it's on those organizations to, you know, keep people comfortable in how things have been done.
1: So the things that we've always talked about about before the pandemic, communication, Uh, sharing the vision, what is the value proposition, why do we want to do what we want to do? It's just such a fundamental, explain it to people so they can't fill it in with the conspiracy theories and the the power grab worries and the control and the shift, all those things that we worry about. So, So let's make it very clear and then also provide different options, flexibility for different people, individuals, organizations, Geographies, you know, so forth and so on. So, I am so excited to see. Hopefully, that we'll see some great leadership come through, and I and I'm so again impressed by some of the articles I've read about, you know, HR and corporate real estate and and just CEOs having to make these decisions and be and and so many. You know, my own company has done this so well so far. And I know that there are others have done well. And, and, and you, your experience has been a good one where they've taken this, this crisis situation and, and just put people first and empathized with situations and, and just try to uh, account for so many different scenarios. And, and that has to continue, that kind of uh, you know culture of, of caring and, and putting, putting people first to get us to a comfort level. And it would also communicate. We need to have people communicate and get the data out there as far as what are the real risks of going back into a public place? Because I do want to go back to Disney World and I do want to go back to the movies and I do want to yeah. go back to concerts and, and hanging out with groups of people, baseball games, going to sporting events, arenas. And I want that to happen sooner than later. Again, I don't want to be foolhardy about it, but at the same time, I've, I've always been a guy who calculates risk in all scenarios. And we've touched on this before. Give us the data we need to, to say, you know, this is the risk. It's it's not as high as it seems because we've been so hyper focused on the spread of this disease, the daily scorecard, sadly, of of infections and deaths and hospitalizations. And we've put, and, and I, I think we've done some good things, but we've also maybe done a disservice to the uh, the people out there to, to scare them so much that there's going to be a real difficult time. That mental uh, mindset, that well being, that ability to feel comfortable. And and I wonder if if as we get you know go forward these coming days if if you'll hear information that'll help make you feel more comfortable going back out into public sooner than than when there's a vaccine a year from now I just I just want to make I, I gotta think that that's gotta come into play for so many people and it's gonna be hard because we've done a a, a real you know, number on people's mind, mind. And and many people don't dig deep into articles like we do and don't read the, don't listen to the news. They they hear glimpses of this and that. They hear the reports that are, that are the, um, the scary reports, because that's what the news does to get your attention. And, Mm. and, and there's some there, there, and it's a balancing act because there are things to be scared of for sure, but we can't live life uh, scared. And that was last week's quote of the week from my friend from Australia, who now lives in New York city. Christina Herrera, she said, you know, a life lived in fear is a life half lived. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make sure people uh, can feel comfortable getting back into some type of normalcy. I'm going to use normalcy again, because that's my favorite <laughs> version of that word, but get back to a normalcy where we can. And again, what about this? And, I'll, and there's a lot there you probably have thoughts on for the last minutes here. I'll leave it to you to decide what to say. But the idea of just hugging and shaking hands with people, uh, you know, when we go to these conferences or go back to work. You you heard it's Dr. So, Fauci say that we may need to stop uh, shaking hands and that, that may be a good thing for the culture. But what do you think about that,
0: Mike? When I go to a conference and I see you, I, I, I'm not supposed to hug you and I'm not supposed how to shake your be? hand. i you know, right. how, how can we do that? You know, it's just such a natural thing within us. You know, you think about the European community how they greet greet each other. You know, and it's that's a huge shift, huge shift. Um, so who knows where we're going to go? But you know, as we wrap up here, there's you know, I'm, I'm reminded by what you have just articulated, you know, by my good friend, John Schwartz, Schultz, John Schultz. I keep getting his surname mixed up. So uh, Jonathan Schultz, videos and open source workplace, trust yes. and transparency, trust and transparency. Those are the two things that we need. And everyone, if everyone operates and feels and moves with those two words, um, with those philosophies, with those emotions, um, I think now will we're all going to be in a great place. So as we wrap it up here, look, please do subscribe, like, share share yeah, this. Let us know your com- comments. Let us know your questions. Um, engage with us. You know, let us know what you like, what you don't like. And uh, just don't tell you don't like the show because <laughs> 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 we otherwise have... we, we've got nothing to talk about or we could have this chat and no one will listen.
1: But uh, we have a lot to, to talk right. about. And I, th- I know yeah. we will continue to have so much to talk about. That was one of the fears going into this daily live stream was oh my what we talk about every day. I, I couldn't even scratch the surface of what I wanted to tell you after a long weekend. So we'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, Steve. Fair.
0: All, All right, right. man. Take care, Mike.
1: Be well.